This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Welcome to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, a conversation with Isaac Hayes III. Like his famous father, Isaac first made a name for himself in music. He produced rappers Redman and Corrupt, among many others. He also got the voice from his father and has done voiceover work for brands including McDonald's, American Airlines, and Cadillac. Hayes' latest venture is an entrepreneurial one. The creation of Fanbase, a social media platform that allows users to monetize their content. The app may be a game changer in the tech space and groundbreaking for African Americans in the field. I want to know what made you decide to go this route. You know, a lot of us talk about it, a lot of us talk about the idea of we're beholden to others, but you actually got, you know, down in the dirt for this. What made you do that first? Uh, the youth, the young man that was dancing in a Spider-Man costume in a GameStop to AHA Take On Me that went viral. He was from Memphis. I reached out just to say congratulations. But the exchange that we had after I sent him 
a message was him looking for management, him really frantic about how to capitalize on this moment that had him having 300,000 followers out of nowhere. Um, and so what I said was, um, I'll get back to you. But I left that conversation saying, look, there's only so far that he could take Spider-Man before Marvel and Disney come and shut that down. But he's an amazing dancer and he should be able to monetize his dancing and people should be able to subscribe to him to support this young man for his dancing ability. And that was the idea that sparked fan base. It's interesting, man, because um, I've heard you talk about the idea of uh, people co-opting what is out there first and then figuring out how to make money on something somebody else did. And it's interesting to me because as great as social media is for some things, it is also strange to me that people now believe themselves to be talented because they look into a camera and, you know, lip sync somebody else's work. And sometimes the lip sync ain't all that good. And so as you as you look at this um, landscape, what do you see down the line, man, what this is ultimately going to become? Because what it's done, though, uh, social media in general is just open the doors that have been closed to so many people. You had to almost get lucky to become a star. That's not the case anymore. Right. I mean, well, that's a that's a good thing. There's 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 good and bad from that. Right. No doubt. I always say social media people, uh, social media gives people the means and the and the courage to do things they have no business doing. Right. <laughs> but from that, you really find great talent. There's a lot of amazing talent that would have not been discovered because of the financial barriers that come to being in the music business or the movie business or the comedy business or whatever it is. So um, it definitely opens up the, the world to, to, you know, be able to see people that can really, you know, do amazing things. Um, so I think in the future, I feel like a rev share model to all users is the future of what social media is going to be. Currently, you know, everything is run through ads. Everything is advertising, advertising, advertising. The problem with that is, is no one's really making any money except the platforms and the businesses that advertise. And so the economic engine of social media is always the user, right? And I tell people all the time, I was like, if, if a social media platform isn't paying you directly into your pocket, then you're the product, right? And once you realize that, you're like, you think you're having fun and you are, and you're getting attention and it's a trade-off. It's like, okay, I get, I give, I get attention and the attention that's generated, they're allowed to run ads through all of that and make money. But the problem is, you're the one creating the attention. So you're the one that should be getting the money. And we have to kind of shift that, that, uh, that universe. And that's what fan base is going to do. Yeah. I want to talk about how that will work directly, because I know you see it not only as the idea of uh, allowing people the opportunity to, to make money, but you see it in a larger way to, to bring wealth to a community. So we'll get into that in just a second, but you know what you raise an interesting point, because I think about somebody like Issa Rae, or Tabitha Brown of late, who is able to springboard their popularity off of social media, but they then have to take it up a level to make the kind of money. Eventually, you're not going to have to do that. Right. You're not going to have to go to that next level. You're going to be able to do it on your own. I mean, honestly, it's being done right now. Um, what I tell people all the time, especially the black community and the larger social media community at large, we have been programmed for the last 17 years to give away our content for free. If you go all the way back to like Facebook and MySpace, 
everything was about giving away free content. Uh, but um, platforms that allow users to monetize their content have been an idea that has existed for some time now. And there's a small group of people that took that route and are making enormous amounts of money. And I did a video about this the other day. Um, there's, there's users on a platform called Patreon, which is a similar platform in the sense that you can subscribe to people and put stuff behind paywalls and make money. And the white community at large understands this and does this. And they have users that are making $178,000 a month. But here's the kicker. They may only have 36,000 people that are paying them for that amount of money, where you may have 5 million followers on Instagram or TikTok and don't have enough money to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. So there's a large, there's a large, you know, community out there that's already monetizing their content. I think the black community at large, we're so innovative and creative. That's just kind of what we do. We kind of just drip. We, we radiate fly. We radiate innovation. Right. And so understanding that that is an actual um, a gift, you know, what I'm saying that that really no other culture truly has in a sense when it comes to just innovation and pop culture and that we have to monetize our content from the beginning. Because I say, look, would you rather have a million followers or a million dollars? Right. You can have a million followers and not have any type of money, or would you rather have a million dollars and only 30,000 people are, are, are making you a millionaire or a multimillionaire? And that's the point. I think we have to understand that the overall, um, I guess, the end result of your fame is wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just skip the fame and go right to the bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, understand that's where we can really make our biggest impact. It's important for Black America to understand that because for far too long, we always trailed. We were always coming into something in terms of dollars on the back end when, when yeah. that was a waning industry now. You know, I mean, and while this is not ground floor, it's still first floor, second floor, mm -hmm. you know, tier that you can get into um, and, and still make make money if smart. But you, you've got to be able to do the homework, which is something you've done. Uh, mm -hmm. Give me a sense and give a rudimentary idea of of how fan base works for people who want to get involved. So fan base is a social media platform that allows any user to monetize their content um, if they want via subscription and virtual currency um, that we call love. So it's a, it's the only platform that I know of. And I, I keep looking because you always want to see who's coming up with stuff. But it's the only platform I know that is a native application that's available both on Android and iOS that allows every user to have followers and subscribers on the same page together. You decide what posts your followers see and what posts your subscribers see. And a subscription on fan base is $3.99 a month. Um, we give 50% of the revenue to the creator. Apple and Google are gangsters. They take the 30 <laughs> and we get 20. Um, and that's not really any different than what Twitch Prime does with Twitch streamers, which is they take 50% of the revenue and then pass 50 onto the creator. So it doesn't seem, it's not too steep, especially when you're thinking about volume. And then we have a virtual currency on the platform called Love. So, you know, likes are so much a part of social media. I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, you tap it, you like it, thumbs up, whatever. Um, but I've often heard people say, man, I like this so much. I wish I could love it. And now you can. So what what users do is they buy love in the subscription store and then the love that they have anytime you tap on a post or a live or in an audio room you give the user half a penny and those pennies add up and you can love a post 
or, or what somebody's saying or what somebody's doing as much as you want. So if you wanted to give a user $100 just off one thing that they said, you could do that. So it's really just putting people in their content in an environment that people can show appreciation for the work that they do. Now, granted, if you want to take it to a business level, then you're going to have to market and promote. And you're going to have to do great things. And you're going to have to create engaging content. But still being in the space that you can actually monetize your content, you don't have that ability on Instagram, right? You don't have that ability on Twitter. Um, you don't have that ability on Clubhouse. So every user doesn't. I think there are benchmarks that have to be met on most of these platforms. But I want to give everybody the opportunity to make money the moment they sign up. From day one. From day one. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. To a degree, you're taking on behemoths. Right. Uh, and anytime you start to make waves against a behemoth, uh, they start to look at you and right. eventually they want to put that foot down on you. Right. Um, you know what? And part of part of helping our community get past that is to back and back up from the beginning. So what do mm. you want us to do? Because I think that's where we've missed out in terms of economic growth. We've not we talk about helping one another. But that's what we do. We talk about it. I mean, it, it would be great if every single person that was on social media, you know, uh, downloaded fan base tomorrow instead of making the switch. But that's not going to happen right. because there's such a psychological connection that people have made and an investment that they've made to their social media lives that is going to be hard. But one thing that I'm confident in is there's no amount of innovation that Facebook and Instagram can do to capture the youth. Because kids are always going to want to be on platforms that their parents are not on. So it doesn't matter what they build. If my mama is there, I'm not coming. I don't care how dope the app is. I can't be myself. And one thing about youth is individuality, you know, privacy, you know, the ability to have conversations with your friends and, and, and live life in a way that is not monitored 24-7 by your parents. And, you know, we all, you know, and in, in, in back in the day, my mom wasn't monitoring everything that I said when I wasn't around her. Social media gives you the ability to do that. So where your parents have set up shop on, on Facebook, where my mom is, I don't go near Facebook, right? I'm on Instagram. And my little brother, he is nowhere near Instagram. He's on other apps that he won't even tell me that he's using. He's 15 years old because he wants to talk about girls and hip hop and all these other things. that doesn't want his older brother and his older sisters looking at him. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that we can all be intentional saying, hey, look, especially especially realizing the way that we're getting treated by the platforms. Now, it's, it's totally fine to just say, hey, you know, come support me as a black man, which we should do. But there's also this energy of um, appropriation and um, exploitation that goes from black culture where these platforms like TikTok will really siphon the culture and then kick you off the platform like you never even mattered when you help build it up. Let me ask you this, man. One of the things that's interesting to me was this. I've often said that um, social media is like drug dealing. You yeah. know, you, you, you get somebody hooked on something, you start them off free. And then once you got them, you can now charge them anything because they need that drug. Right. And I think about all the people who have shows on IG and Facebook and the like. But the minute Instagram or Facebook decides I'm going to charge you now to run a show on this, many people are going to be in trouble. How do we make sure that we understand ownership? Um, well, first and foremost, we have to understand what we create and what we bring to culture. Um, we're creating entire industries just by being who we are as black culture and black people being cool. 
Um, and black culture innovates at a pace and a speed sometimes that we don't even know what we're doing. So best example I can give you is when Grandmaster Flash DJed on a turntable for the first time, um, someone should have walked up to him and said, don't show a motherfucker any of this, what you're doing. Give me six months. I'm going to learn how to build a turntable and we're going to partner up and then we're going to show the world on this turntable that this is the turntable that they have to buy to do what you're doing right now. Because when you ask any DJ right now what they use, they're going to say two words, pioneer techniques. So we invented an entire industry that we don't own. The turntable, the mixer, the software are all owned by people that are black. And we invented an entire industry off DJ culture. So owning infrastructure is probably the most important thing that we realize. I think that um, a, the, the rev share model of fan base is really what I call like new energy and advertising is fossil fuels. Um, these companies are supported by the collective user base that gives their content away for free. And then they make money. Now, eventually, some of the restrictions and the rules on privacy are starting to take effect. And a lot of people are opting out of having their data used by these companies, which means the profits from advertising are going to be less and less. And once it becomes easier and easier to, uh, to, to hide your data or keep your data away from these companies, they may start charging. As a matter of fact, I got a, I got a message. Instagram said, hey, you're using iOS 15. And now that you're using iOS 15, you know, you have the right to opt out of, um, you know, some of these some of these um, these features that we use to monitor your data. And one of the lines that said is, please opt in because it'll help keep Instagram free of charge. And I saw that I was like, oh, if you're making a statement app wide that you need the support of the community to keep the app free of charge. Oh, you already letting me know that the pockets is getting tighter. So yeah. I think um, nothing lasts forever. And I think there always be shifts in, in culture. So this is something that's coming. And, and beyond that, it, it, no business is altruistic. right? Mm -hmm. And the minute they see an avenue they can make money on, they're going to take it. Now, they may, again, let it linger for a little bit. But there's too much money to be had right. for them not to take that route. When we return, we talk about the lessons he learned from his famous father and how Atlanta shaped him and how he's shaping the city's image. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The name, the voice, and the music are all links to his famous father, the iconic Isaac Hayes. The elder Hayes was a superstar in the 70s, and his soundtrack, Shaft, won him an Academy Award. At one point, Hayes' popularity was so great, he was nicknamed Black Moses. Before he started making a name for himself as a tech entrepreneur, the son followed in his father's footsteps. He produced music for artists including Lil Scrappy, Too Short, Red Man, and Corrupt. I remember interviewing your dad and him telling me stories of, like many uh, musicians of his era, you know, the, the many horror stories they went through in not understanding Absolutely. the business side of the industry. Mm -hmm. How much of what you either saw or learned from him has helped fuel this, if at all? Well, at the, at the core of my, my being, as a musician and a businessman was always ownership. As a songwriter, I never did a publishing deal. So I own all of my publishing. I never sold it. Um, I understand, you know, the value of, of what I create and having ownership of what you make is extremely important. Um, also, I think, you know, the work ethic that my dad had as an individual, as a person, and actually, and also, the perseverance, persistence that you have to have when people say that you can't do things. I mean, you got to think about it like this is a kid from Memphis, Tennessee, that was born picking cotton and working in a hog factory that went all the way to the Academy Awards. So in my mind, there's nothing that can't be done. You know, if you have a, you have a living example of a person that went from from ex 
extreme poverty and uh, to extreme success. Um, it's definitely a blessed existence in life, but also it's something that you have to see. Um, I have to accept that as achievable. So I always tell people, I, I in, and when I got into the music industry, I knew that, you know, there's only going to be one time that somebody's the first black man to win an Academy Award for a musical composition. So I said, like, the bar is set. Don't worry about that. Be yourself. But I, I say all the time that I, I don't have to be my father to be great, but I will be great because of my father, because mm -hmm. there are other things. It's it's the it's the energy and the nature of who he was as a person that doesn't have to be totally focused on music. It could be anything. And I realized that I took my talents and, and my desire to be innovative and creative and use it in other spaces and started finding success there. And it just happened to be tech, you know, where I wound up. What of the idea of what your father's legacy has been? I tell people all the time, you're more like your parents based off who they were as people than what they ever taught you. Right. The person that they the person that they existed in life as that energy, those cells, that DNA goes into you. It's not about what they teach you. It's literally who they were as a person. So there's so many things about my dad that I understand now that, that even he's been gone now for 13 years. But I'm having moments now like, oh, this is an Isaac. This is a dad moment where. <laughs> I understand, you know, one of the things about my dad was he was an extremely classy and reserved guy, a gentleman, you know, wasn't didn't raise his voice at women and curse. Like, I, you know, and that's my my energy. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. Very cool. Like he was a personification of cool. If mm -hmm. there ever was um, strong in his um, love for his community, which mm -hmm. I have. It's so many things that I know that I wasn't around, wasn't even born when he was doing some of this stuff. But as I, as I grow um, older, I'm just inspired, you know, to do those things. And it's, it's, it's a direct result of his DNA. It's just me being his son. Um, and I think that's extremely important. How you live your life is what you're going to pass on to your kids. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm blessed to have had a, a, a father like Isaac Hayes who was um, a leader in his community and super black and very grounded in his identity as a black man. Um, and, and I think that helped, you know, mold me in every way. It's interesting because I think you're absolutely right. You know, the, the joke is that eventually to, to a great degree, you turn into your parents and, and all right. of us, as we get older, go, damn, Oh, you know, and you, you can identify it. You can see the moments, right. you know, but you also turn into, I think, or at least you are, vastly influenced by the city you grow up in or the oh, yeah. city you spent time in. So for me, I was born in 1960. So my coming of age came through, you know, and I was very young during the, the height of Motown, but certainly lived here where the energy was there. And there's a certain energy you get from a city that's rolling like that at that time. Absolutely. Uh, for you, Atlanta, um, and being there now in, in, in the sense that it is now the Mecca of Black America, quite mm -hmm. frankly, right now, what's, what's that energy like for you? It's an energy like no other in this world. Um, and we take that for granted here because we're so used to it. And I, and I, would, I would tell, I, I would ask the question of any Atlantan who's lived here a significant amount of time. And I don't mean like 
I don't mean people that live in the suburb, but lived in Atlanta. I've lived in Atlanta my entire life. So if it was east side, west side, north side, south side, I've lived in Atlanta. And what I can say is growing up in this city as a black man, I've never felt like a minority. Like never. There's never a day that I've lived in Atlanta where I felt second to a white person. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you go out to Cobb County, Gwinnett and all them other in, in rural Georgia, that's a different a different type of energy. But growing up in a city where the political infrastructure of the city is predominantly black, the mayors are black, the business people of, of, of this city are black, black millionaires, Bronner Brothers, H.J. Russell and Company, like all these amazing businesses, the music industry, people like Tyler Perry. You just have all these examples of black success. And that totally influences your belief and your um, self-esteem as a black person because you're watching other people do it. OK, like even like if there if there if there's a gangster element or a, a gangster or a criminal element to the city of Atlanta, like Chicago had the mob and New York and all that. Atlanta's got their version of that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're watching this. We're watching this BMF story going right now with stars. And they came down to Atlanta in 96 and amassed this crazy criminal enterprise that rivaled those of the, you know, the mob. You know what I'm saying? And so I think um, the energy that Atlanta gives is the ability to believe that anything is achievable on any level. Like, you know, um, police chief. You know, police force, 68% black, black dentists, doctors, lawyers. It's just, you know, it surrounds you. So it definitely gives you the confidence that, like, we can do anything. Yeah, it's interesting. I, again, uh, coming up in Detroit in the 70s, uh, we had that in the 70s. You know, yeah. black mayor, uh, the entire city council just about was black by, you know, the early 80s. Uh, you had, I remember when Cosby's show hit, people talked about it being a fantasy. How do you, how do you have a black doctor and, and, and a black attorney? And I thought, well, I got that across the street. What are you talking about? Right. Also, the energy that it, that is it in Atlanta, right, mm -hmm. in 2021 is a direct result of Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. It is a direct evolution. And what I mean by that is you have a person in Martin Luther King that was a preacher, a lawyer, <laughs> went to went to um, uh, a black high school, went to Morehouse, a black college. And then you've got these men in the deep rural South that walk around protesting injustice in suits and speaking to like white power. And white supremacy, like you're not going to treat us like this. And if you're a black person somewhere in the middle of Mississippi and Alabama, you're looking at them black dudes like, oh, <laughs> those black men, <laughs> those boys got it together. That's the confidence and the intellect. That's what sparks the the Maynard Jacksons, and then and then and then the Andrew Youngs and and the John Lewises, and then even furthermore the Killer Mikes of the world. You know, what I'm saying the people that are just so grounded in their knowledge of their city and where they come from and how they how they're going to be treated and what they deserve. And 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 then that moved over into the political space where you literally had, you know, people like Maynard Jackson write laws that include black businesses and contracts and, and economic opportunities. So it's like we've all, we we that's directly a result of the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King that it still is like present today. Yeah. And uh, as I go back to uh, fan base. It's interesting because people forget, you know, 30 years ago, uh, Atlanta wasn't the Atlanta we know today. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, and just the economic growth and the share, to your point, economic growth that Black America has seen is a good template for a lot of people to use um, to try to bring their cities back. Uh, let me take you back to, to uh, fan base and where you were in 2020, and that was crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Looking for a million. Did you hit that goal? And where do you sit now? And what do you want to uh, it to be in the next few years. You know, I, I don't talk about a 10 year plan. I'm sure at some point, you know, you, you might even hope by, by a decade it's, it's sold and you've made the money on it, but give me a sense of where you, where you were on the funding and, and what you want to do in the next few years. with it. So a couple things in building the app, I understand the, the bias that goes against black founders and raising venture capital. Mm-hmm. It's like point zero zeros. It's crazy. It's so low that black startups get funded. Um, and so understood and seeing the competition and the lay of the land and other platforms that are built. I say this right now. If you go look at, at platforms like OnlyFans and Patreon and then go on fan base and see what we built, it far exceeds what they were allowed to raise millions of dollars to do. Right. It just exceeds it. Right. Um so I put the app out in 2019 and left it up for a year. Didn't tell anybody that I built it. And the reason why is because I wanted to have a proof of concept. I, I'm, I'm a known individual, but I didn't want to attach myself to the app at that point. So that if I ever went to raise money and I said, hey, I want to raise money to, to, for this app. And they say, how did you get your users? Oh, well, I told people to download it. But that's not like organic growth. That's like you just telling people to download it. Right. Come back when some regular people just download it. So I had a couple of users get on the platform, but I had one user make about $6,000 in a year. And I said, okay, there's my proof of concept. I go to raise money in 2020, um, had a couple VC conversations at the top of the year. Then COVID came down like a hammer, shut everything down. Good friend of mine by the name of Monique Idolette, who is uh, Timlin's ex-wife, who also has a venture fund called Rain Ventures. She says, you need to try equity crowdfunding. So Fanbase is a really great app. And there's this law that allows you to raise capital from the public as opposed to venture capital called the Jobs Act. And I did a regulation crowdfund. And at first I applied for Start Engine and less than 2% of all businesses that apply to be on equity crowdfunding get accepted. So that's already a blessing. And then being an African-American startup. So I got accepted to Start Engine. I was allowed to raise capital. And my initial goal was a million dollars. in that time, there's an app called Clubhouse that came out and I got invited to Clubhouse and it had like 5000 users. And there were there were some black people on there, but there were a lot of black people on there that were from the tech space and were very territorial about having other black people have access to the relationships and VC relationships that they had. I'm not one of those people. So when I got on the app and saw some of my black friends that weren't on the app that know tons of, of, of white people that were using the app, I was like, oh, let me invite them. So I started inviting like all the black people to, to Clubhouse. I invited Snoop Dogg <laughs> and I invited um, Cortez Bryant, who manages Little Nas X. I invited Van Lathan. I invited just Sean Garrett, the songwriter. So, so Clubhouse got super, super black. In that process, I knew I was raising capital. And I couldn't say, when you do a regulation crowdfund, you can't announce that you're raising the money till the raise is live. So I let everybody get on Clubhouse for two months to complain about how we're building up another white app and we need our own app. And then October 29th, I just dropped my I dropped my um, my raise and that first twenty, thirty thousand dollars came off of Clubhouse that I raised. And then um, I raised I raised a million dollars in 
three weeks. And then the SEC allowed us to raise up to $5 million. So I said, let me go up to $3.5 million. And I raised $3.5 million. Um, and we closed June of this year, June 26th of this year. So um, what I want to see for Fanbase is to scale this company and be extremely disruptive in the tech space. We're fully funded at $3.5 million. But we have 5,100 investors who are mostly African-American, first-time investors, who are allowed to invest for as little as $256. And I'm about to do another raise again because I always want to give the opportunity for people, the users of the platform, to have equity in the platform. Because without no users, you ain't got no platform. So who better than to give ownership opportunity to than the very people that would use your platform? So that's the that's the understanding that I have. So in three or four four years, I want fan base to be as large, if not bigger, than Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram, because uh, the model that we have built is extremely disruptive when it is rev share and it's democratization to distribution and access to investment. Another big thanks to Isaac Hayes. And good luck as he looks to change the face of tech. Make sure to take a look at Fanbase. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. 
For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 